our main speaker tonight is Joe. Hi everybody, I'm Joe Conroy, I'm an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic. Thank you, Rich, for asking me to do this. And uh, I had a battalion of people call me today that might check me and Rolf me and tell me my time check, and it was just great. I've never had so much attention in all my life just to talk at an AA meeting. Uh, the Atlantic group, I've sat up in that rafters up there and I sat and I watched speakers and I snuck into town when I was working there. And um, what a wonderful group you guys are. What a, what, what a great tribute to actually have me come out. Not tribute for me, tribute for you. I, I don't know if it's a tribute for anybody, but I'm just really thrilled that Rich uh, was uh, connected by another whack job up there in White Plains area somewhere and uh, got me to come out here. I love Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, and, and uh, my sobriety date is January 1st, 1989, um, from Boston, and I live in San Diego. Um, in November of 1988, I took uh, what I found out to be a geographic. I didn't, I thought it was just a trip to the West Coast, and it turned out to be a geographic, um, and, uh, and I got sober on January 1st, of 1989. Took my last drink on New Year's Eve, 1988, and I didn't know it was gonna be my last drink. I didn't think it was gonna be my last drink. I didn't even really want it to be my last drink, but it was my last drink. And and, uh, and the reason why I know why I call it a last drink, because there was a guy that 12-stepped me on the banks of the Childs River in Boston, um, just before Thanksgiving in uh, 1988, and uh, I admitted to him that I was an alcoholic, and, and he, was, he was sober, five, eight years sober in Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, I had admitted to friends of mine that I used to drink with and, and used to do all sorts of crazy stuff with to all hours of the night that I was an alcoholic. And they convinced me otherwise. They said, because if I was an alcoholic, they're an alcoholic. And there's no way that they were alcoholics. So I was pretty well covered. But when I, when, I, when I did the same thing to somebody that was in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, practicing these principles in all their affairs, didn't even like this person, mind you, didn't, and, and, and I haven't seen him since. And, uh, but the thing that I did was I, I reached out to somebody that I heard was in Alcoholics Anonymous, and maybe that was the solution for this seemingly hopeless state that I didn't know I had. And uh, what happened was, what usually happens to everybody that reaches out to a sober person of AA is that person just talks ad infinitum about their problem and their recovery and how happy they are to be sober and just wonderful what they do and the life of service and the way we can change everybody. And you're sitting there and like I was not really done yet. I wasn't done drinking. I thought I had a problem and I didn't say I was done drinking. There's a huge difference between those two things. Um, admitting you have a problem and being done drinking. Uh, if you ain't done drinking and you're trying to come into Alcoholics Anonymous, there's the damn thing we can do for you, really, because you're just not going to hear the solution. You're going to be, you're just going to hear the problem over and over and over again. But when I said to this guy that I that I think I have a problem with Alcoholics Anonymous, and that was alcohol, and then he uh, he proceeded to tell me his story, and it was really a abridged version of his story, and uh, and and really what happened was he scared the heck out of me, and I my solution was to to move my solution was to leave boston and, and i had i had two choices i was going to go to camden maine which is four hours north of boston right on the coast beautiful beautiful place great place for an alcoholic great place to commit suicide great place to just live in a life of depression you know because that's really where i was i was so depressed hours or i was going to go to san diego and become a surfer <laughs> so i came to san diego I've never been on a surfboard in my life, still to this day. 
I, I've tried, but I can't get my ass up there. And it was really funny. And I, uh, I, uh, I, I lasted here maybe six, seven weeks. And um, the, the guy, Dick, what, what, I, what, I, what I was going to try to tell you is when, when I reached out to him, he told me a story. But then when he was finished with the story, and I, he could tell that I was just I was done listening to him. I just didn't want to go on anymore. And he said, Joe, I don't know if you're an alcoholic. He says, but I do know that you reached out to somebody that's in the program of AA and that you said that you had a problem with alcohol. And he said, I don't know if you do, and only you can tell me that. And But there will come a time when you're done with alcohol, it, and, because it'll be done with you. And if you're done with alcohol and you want some help, you ask some power greater than yourself for help, you will probably never have to take another drink as long as you live after that point. That really wasn't what I wanted to hear. That wasn't the solution that I wanted to hear, but that's what I heard. And not only did I hear it, it went from my head to my heart. It sunk into my soul. It sunk down, deep down inside. That's what like, the big book says is the fundamental idea of God, but it's covered up by pomp and circumstance and worship of other things. And that's really where I think the, 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 the main problem with the alcohol is here in his head. But when, when, when somebody gives you a solution and it goes quickly from your head to your heart, it's very difficult to get that out of your body. And when I came, when, when July, June 1st, January 1st of 1989 came, um, I, did, I was living on the streets here in San Diego and I didn't want to live on the streets and I got a room for $19.95 at the corner of 9th and G down, 7th and G downtown and that was a little flop house and uh, I didn't want to live in my car that night and, I, and, I, and I, just, I, just, I just I wanted to bring the new year in different and I didn't know what that was going to mean I didn't know what that was entail and I was drinking all day long on New Year's Eve and I do remember that at the end of the day I was still stone cold sober though I've been drinking all day long and I was physically, emotionally, and spiritually miserable, absolutely miserable. And the next day when I woke up, I said and I wrote in a journal that I was keeping at the time, my God, I am an alcoholic. I need help. And I was all alone, physically all alone, emotionally all alone, and spiritually all alone. I knew absolutely nobody in San Diego. There was not a soul. I had, I had literally driven myself to the to the depths of despair and um, I wrote that in the journal and all I could hear was Dick D's voice saying Joe there'll come a time when you're done and you ask some power greater than yourself I need help you will probably never have to take another drink as long as you live that time came and it went and I didn't think much of it I haven't had a drink since I, I, I've had I've had almost 32 years of sobriety, and it's really just uh, for me. It's it's it is an, it is a it is the most mysterious journey and most wonderful journey I've ever been on. Um, I have never never amounted to anything, uh, uh, and and yet I I I, uh, I have a life that, as Will, Big Bill Wilson calls, is indescribably wonderful. It is just. A life of, of, of joy, I believe. It's a life of service, and it's a life that uh, I can't really put words to it. There's a whole, if there's a whole bunch of new people on here, it's like, if, if, if you're in Alcoholics Anonymous or anything other than some sort of getting your soul back or, some, or getting, getting, getting yourself back, you're going to be really disappointed with AA. If you're in here looking for material riches or for, for a boy or a girl or, or whatever you want, or, or if, it's, if it's stuff, if it's a big thing, it's a little thing, if you're going to be so disappointed with Alcoholics Anonymous, because that's not what we do. The one thing that, that happens in here is you get the ability to be yourself. And, it, and, it's, and if you're anything like me, 
it's so scary to strip yourself naked of all pretense and defense and trust that this fellowship of AA that I cannot, could not, did not want, could not stand. Because I'm the type of drinker that had to drink to go out to drink. I had to sit in my home and I have to put at least three or four beers away and just just whatever else I wanted to take, just to take the edge off. I didn't know there was an edge at all. I just had to just just try to get comfortable in what? In my apartment? I hated my apartment. I, I didn't know I was trying to get comfortable in my own skin. I had no idea that this stuff was happening until I got sober, until I heard the language of the heart. Get comfortable in my own skin. I didn't know that's what it was. I was I was so uncomfortable everywhere I went. And when I came into AA without alcohol, it was was torture for me it was torture i know you guys have a have a what do you call it a i call it a receiving line a greeting line and i hate greeting lines to this day i hate them because it reminds me of those days when i walked into me with the don't come near me look on my face and i had these arms crossed and i was just so so angry and petrified and full of fear didn't know it was called fear then either but i was so wrapped up in self that I just came through that door and I didn't want you guys to touch me. Don't say hi to me. Don't do nothing to me. Leave me alone. You know, some somebody would catch in the corner of that. I go, wow, that person would up and say hi. Wow. Who's that? You know, there was some a lot of personalities in Alcoholics Anonymous when I got here that helped me understand the principles. I didn't I wasn't a principled person and I couldn't understand what the principles were. I didn't know what that all what that that stuff was you guys were talking about. Because when you're new and when I was new when you walk in this language everybody's talking about is just so Greek. This language of the heart is Greek to somebody who lives in fear most of his life, you know? And then this personality would walk up to me and, and say something like, like, how you doing? And I'm sitting there with my arms either crossed or in my pocket or just ready to wail and just, just looking down at the ground. And I don't know how to answer that question. It's a loaded question. I was like, what does he want me to say? How does, how does he want me to answer that question? I don't have any money. I don't have any job. I don't have a car. I don't want anybody to know that I'm still living in my car. Sober. I don't want any of this. How do we? And, and, and then you look up. He goes, you're not really enjoying it. No, I can't stand this place, man. I can't stand it. I don't like it. I don't like being so. I don't like being around here. And then that person would start talking. They would start telling their story. I didn't know he was telling his story. He sounded like he was telling my story. He sounded like he, he what he had done was identified with my seemingly hopeless state of mind. I was not in that point of my recovery where I could recognize my seemingly hopeless state of mind. Thank God there's personalities in AA that kind of have this stupid radar. It's just boop, 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 boop. It's working inside the rooms and they're scanning the room. And they're not looking for the people with the stuff. They're not looking for the people that are kind of together. They're not looking for the people. They're looking for the people that ain't that are, that are looking at the ground, that are looking at their watch, that are looking at their phone, that are trying to get out. Just trying to get, I'm only here just to fulfill a, a, a slip, a court slip or something just so I can just get this hour and click it off and go. And then those people come up and walk to you and they come up and say hi. And that really, for a newcomer like me, with that, that riddle with a hundred forms of fear and self-delusion, I don't know how to answer that question. And I don't know how to look them in the eye. And I don't know what to say. And I don't know what to do. And they say, hey, would you like to go to Denny's? I don't want to go to Denny's. What is this ridiculous? And then they go, come on, we're just going to go get some hot, get some ice cream. I don't want any ice cream. I don't know if this is what's going on. I don't know that that I'm I'm Jones and I'm only a couple of days off off alcohol. My body is craving sugar because that's what the alcohol was. It was just it would break it down into the sugar content. It just made me feel good. Then they take you out to Denny's and they get you an apple pie with some ice cream and they say, eat it. Have another one. Have another one. All of a sudden, you're not only feeling tired, but you're feeling just a little bit better. 
just a little bit better. And you sat there for hours listening to these morons talk about how wonderful it is to be sober. And you're sitting there going, oh, my God, this is going to go on all night long. And it seems like it goes on all night long. And then you go home, and you sit there and you lie in the bed. I'm thinking, wow, that was actually a lot of fun. Paul was a really neat guy. Boy, I could have missed that stuff if I had just walked out and got back into the car and just got back down to the beach and slept in the car that night. But no, he said we'd like to go to Denny's, and I automatically said no, but I really wanted to be with somebody. I wanted to be around somebody. I needed to be around somebody. And then they dragged me along, and all of a sudden something started changing. I think that's some people, people want to figure AA out. There's nothing to figure out. One alcoholic helping another alcoholic is as simple as walking up to him and saying, how you doing, man? You look like crap. And all of a sudden, that person, wow, thank you for recognizing me. I don't want to be here. Well, let's go somewhere you want to be. Let's go. What do you want to do? What do you want to say? What do you want to... Let's go hang out. Let's go to another meeting. What meetings are you going to? I'm only, this is the only one I'm going to. I go, oh, man, you need to go to a couple more meetings. Come on, let me show you where I go. And all of a sudden, you start feeling something, and that's called the Fellowship of AA. Still isn't connected to the program, but this fellowship, we just started the thing that I didn't like because I come into a room and there's hundreds of people, and I'm so afraid of going to a room with hundreds of people. But when one person comes up and just gives you that little bit of hope that it's going to be okay, man, come on back, come to this meeting tomorrow. Or if they say, hey, I go to the other meeting over, at, over in, in North Park, why don't you go there and you go tomorrow night, and you walk into the room, and there's 100 people in the room. I'm looking around, there's no Paul. Oh my God, this is crazy. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling the angst again. I'm feeling the fear. I go, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do now. What am I going to do now? God, he's not here. This is ridiculous. I can't, I don't like these people. This is, then they start reading how it works. And, oh my God, I got to read this stupid thing again. I heard it last night. I'm going to hear it the next night. I'm going to hear it before I go, how it works. I'm so sick of hearing this stupid thing. And all of a sudden, Paul comes in. He gives me the big wave. He comes over, he sits down. He goes, how you doing, man? And I start talking. He's, sit down, relax. And something happens. Something happens. And I think that 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 happening is the connection to the fellowship of AA. That that power that we're seeking is really next to us. You know, that power that that when you when, when a newcomer walks into the room and it's not greeted, or the newcomer comes into a room and nobody says hello to him, and, and then and then they get up and they leave to go to the bathroom and they never come back. And then usually a couple of people are where did that newcomer went? I think he left. He says, I didn't see anybody saying hello to him. Damn. I could have, I could have saved a life. I could have, and it's not about, it's not about guilting anybody into this stuff. It's really, we have seconds and inches to save lives in the end. The message of alcohol Anonymous has to be a message. It has to have depth and weight. It has to have hope. It has to have recovery from this seemingly hope. If we had nothing, if we just sat in here and talked about the problem. Whatever the problem of the day is, if 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 if, if AA means we're nothing but COVID right now, can you imagine there'd be nobody coming to Alcoholics Anonymous? But we talk about we talk about this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body of what the recovering alcoholic is looking for. They're looking for solutions to this problem. If we're not given the solution to the problem, the rooms will not get full again. They will not. They'll just slowly, slowly start to dissipate, and it's going to disappear. And that's not what has happened over the years. It's really a wonderful way of life, you know. But I didn't know that for years. When I started putting the steps, when I got a sponsor and I started working the steps, and I started putting that in my, when I started working the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, I, I, I worked the fellowship for a couple of years, and then I judged the fellowship for a couple more years. And then I almost judged the fellowship out of alcoholic snobs. I almost did that to myself. And then I had asked somebody for help. I said, listen, I need to, I need, I need to change. I, I, I have to change. I, I, I want to be sober. I'm sitting around AA, and AA is a nasty place when you're sober and not working anything. It's a nasty place when you're sober and just miserable. 
It's a nasty place to be when when you're just full of that same person that walked into that room the day before that was drinking. When you're still that same person, you haven't changed one iota, AA's a nasty place to be. And you, most of us get to that point where we go, I don't want to be this way anymore. I want to change. And Alcoholics Anonymous, the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous that the woman read, those are the tools for change. Those are the tools for change. The people around you in the room's not going to change. You're the one that has to change. When you change, everybody around the room changes. And that's really, that's that's the spiritual paradox, the significance of working these steps and practicing these principles of all our affairs. From the time we come into a meeting to the time we go to bed at night to the time we get up and go to work in the morning, those are all our affairs. Every moment we were embraced in the human, human existence, we're trying to practice these principles of love and tolerance and patience and, and goodwill and, and brotherly love and, 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 and just, I don't know, just all these, these, these things that we do to change. It's something happens in the, in the society that you're in. It's like it's really we become attractive. And when we're attractive, the fellowship, the program of AA becomes attractive. If we start deviating from from the principles of AA, AA doesn't look attractive anymore, and it and it starts getting really bad press, and it starts getting really bad rep, rep, uh, reviews, and it starts just eight minutes, Joe, eight minutes over and over again. I got it, and we'll be really, really good. You know, it's just it's just an amazing way of life that, that that I could have missed it if I listened to my old ideas when I came in here and I just kept listening to these old ideas over and over and over again until I started practicing these principles of working these steps. And I get I get into these steps and I still get into these steps. I still get into the recovery program. I still have to do inventory and I still have to concentrate on step six and seven. I still have because in the twelve and twelve step six and seven, this is the beginning of a lifetime process. Says in here, it's not something that we just do and get it over. It's a lifetime process it's a life you know and dick dick s in san diego says if it took you 30 years to get the alcoholics numbers give yourself 30 years to recover sometimes people get so disappointed when they because it takes time in order to get 30 years i have almost 32 years of sobriety in order for me to get almost to 30 32 years of sobriety i hate to tell you it's taken me almost 32 years to get there and that like oh my god you know i had hair I was thin, I had all my teeth, I had all my health, and all of that's gone. All of that's gone. Just before I got on this call tonight, I got a call from the VA. I have to go into the VA tomorrow morning at 6.30 for a little biopsy, a little cancer biopsy. And I, he says, don't worry about it, it'll be all fine. You can't tell an alcoholic to not worry. I've been worrying for weeks. I've been worrying for weeks. But it's really, it's just like, wow, I, 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 I just take the next indicated step all these things that happened to me, you know, it's just like, just a wonderful way of life. And oh, on the way I've had, I've had more things happen to me than, I, than I've had, I've got HIV positive, AIDS, AIDS diagnosis, heart condition, skin cancer, prostate cancer, broken back. And, and I, I couldn't, I, my life couldn't be better. It couldn't, if I focused on all that negativity, you know, I would I wouldn't survive. You know, the positive things in my life are this this program of AA, the people that I sponsor, my sponsor, the people I meet in meetings, the love and the service behind the the, 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 the vision Bill Wilson had about Alcoholics Anonymous. Can you imagine love and service being our code? Love and service being our code? Oh God, if you're new, you hate that sort of stuff. No, I want to be served. I want to be loved. I want the opposite. If you want those things, you'll get them. You'll get them, and they'll walk away on you. 
But if you be those things, if you be love and you be of service, you'll never, ever have to seek anything else. And that, and that is that power. That's that God that we all try to try to figure out. We all try to understand. And if you're trying to figure this out, you're not living in faith. Whatever your faith is, whatever your faith is, if you have a problem with God, it's usually because you have a problem with religion. And there's a two, I think there's two, those are two huge differences. And if you can, if you can make peace with the religion of your childhood, you'll be able to find a power or a God of your, of your life today. You'll find that God, as it says in what we heard today, may you find him now. It doesn't say may you find him after you work the steps. May you find him after you're 30 years sober. May you find him when you're after water all, it's may you find him now. And if you find him right now, right in the now, right here, this is the only place God is. This is where the power is. If I was to unplug the lights, if I was to unplug my computer right now, you guys would be poof, I'd be gone, the meeting would be over. It wouldn't be over, you wouldn't be gone. But, but, but that, if I was to disconnect from the power here, it would be, it, 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 temporarily everything would be gone. And that's, that's what happens when we don't keep going to meetings and we don't keep connecting with our sponsor. We don't, we don't have that fellowship. We don't, we don't put these principles, plug these principles into all our affairs. And that's when we get rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence. And where is that? Is that the Upper East Side? The upper West Side? No, it's right here and right now. What? Yeah, the fourth dimension of existence is right here and right now. That's it. That can be disappointing for a lot of people because they have some expectations in here. And then they'd start making demands. Well, you told me if I did this, this, and this, I would get this and this and this. And this. Nobody ever told you that. There's no guarantees in alcohol stops. We can't even guarantee you're going to stay sober. Can't even guarantee that. Even if you don't take a drink, we can't guarantee that sort of stuff. But if you practice the principles in all your affairs, something happens, and and I and, and I live in that moment, which is a day at a time. And, and all of a sudden, I'm, I have I have I have I have time. I have time, and and uh, in that time, I have love. And in that love, I have the fellowship. In that fellowship, I have. What Bill goes back to saying is indescribably wonderful moments of, of living, and it's called joy. Joy of living is our code. And then the 12th step and the first step and the 12th step and the 12 and 12, it says joy of living is our code, but action is the key word. And I tell you what, you guys know it there in the Atlantic group, it, it's the action that you take, not the action that you think you're gonna take, the action that you did take. It's the action that you're taking, and the only place you can take action is in the now. It's the only place you can do it. You can plan, you can think, you can do all these things, but you, you have to do it in the now. One of the one of the most wonderful things Clancy's ever said that I love that is like is do what you want to do. No, do what you say you're going to do and be where you say you're going to be. If that isn't the the description of action, I don't think I've ever heard it said better. Do what you say you're going to do and be where you say you're going to be. That's commitment. That is commitment and it's persistence. And that is like the, 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 the fundamental idea behind the 10th step. When I'm faced with indecision, I ask some power greater than up to, and I find, I find the ability to actually be of maximum service to God and my fellows. Maximum service is a big deal. You know, when Rich called me and I, I, I could have said, no, nah, I don't want to come on. I, what are you crazy? You know, I, I'm going to wait till you guys are, I'm going to wait till Two it's minutes. Back in the, in the Two minutes. And then I'll fly out there. You know, it's like, but this isn't about the ego. This is about this is about being of maximum service. When somebody says, "Will you?" I say, "Yes, I will." What? What do you want me to do? Oh yeah, I get it. And that's really what it is. That's from the head to the heart, from the academic to the experiential. And if I live that way, and if I live in that life, if I live in that principled life of of love and service, my life is never ever ever going to be disappointing. If I'm living in that material life, it's always going to be disappointing. 
you know that. You know that when you buy the stuff, when you when you go out and buy the new suit, or you buy the new dress, or you buy the new shoes, or you buy the new watch, and you come into the meeting and you're so proud to show everybody your new watch or your new shoes or your new dress or your new suit or whatever it is, and the first person you meet has got a better suit or a better dress or a better watch or something better, and you just immediately start beating the heck out of yourself because you're no good. If we if we if we suffered from material malady, material stuff would cure our, our disease. We suffer from a spiritual malady, and the only way we can we can cure the spiritual malady is to live with a principal life in the moment, in the moment. And that's really what the tenth, the twelfth steps do. It helps us stay in this moment and stay in joy by taking the action. Wow. It's a wonderful way of life. I hope I want to say this to the people that are, that are celebrating tonight. I hope that you, you find what I have found in here. And if you haven't found it yet, if you're sitting in here in that meeting and you're, and you're new and you haven't found it, just stick around. Just just the closest you can get to God is in the search for God. And it's usually the, the search for God usually starts in the fellowship of A.M. Not finding the God that's deep down inside of everybody else, that namaste that the, that the, the Hindus have, the namaste that God inside of you is recognizes the God inside of me. If you can live that life, you'll find what you've been looking for all along. And sometimes you're going to be disappointed because you're going to find yourself. And when you do, you're going to find a wonderful person, a happy, joyous, and free person that's not living in pain anymore. I love being sober. Rich, thank you so much for asking me to do this. And the Atlantic Group, I hope you guys are living happy, joyous, and free as I am. Peace. Thank you.